Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and we are joined by Billy High, the director of UNC football recruiting. Is that the right title, Billy? That is. That's the one. There you go. We have, uh, we have Billy on now to, to, for a, a really long, deep conversation about recruiting and get on the ins and outs of UNC's recruiting strategy, what Billy does on a daily basis, and just everything UNC recruiting for the next 30, 45 minutes or so. Starting out, we want to make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you like about the podcast and subscribe, and that will help us out. And we want to give a shout-out to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com our loyal podcast subscribers. All right, Billy. So I want you to have you on because I think you have a super interesting job. I mean, you are, you are the nuts and bolts of the recruiting process. People may not know what you do because we see the assistant coaches. We see, we see Mac Brown, but you're kind of the man behind the scenes. Can you briefly tell us what your role is and how would you define your role within UNC's football program? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to start, and this, this may sound stupid, but with the title, uh, in most places, my job is called the Director of Player Personnel, and it's kind of interchangeable, um, but that's essentially, so you see the other schools, that essentially is what I am. So I oversee the on-campus recruiting process. Uh, we also have Dr. Kyra Kendrick, who is our Director of On-Campus Recruiting. So I oversee that department, as well as the personnel side, so that's the roster management part, uh, evaluating our current roster, what our needs are, and then obviously the pipeline of the recruiting evaluation and going through um, those processes as well. And so that's kind of the, the very cliff note version of it. Um, and all, you know, some of the things that entails too, as we talk about recruiting strategy, um, overseeing how we do the marketing process, be it you know, graphic design. Um, I am definitely not creative, uh, but definitely just kind of looking at that strategy. And then as well as when the coaches are out in the road, that's definitely a big part of my job, um, being winter contact, uh, fall eval and spring eval as well, making sure kind of the air traffic control in all of that, uh, managing where the coaches are going, making sure that wires are not crossed or anything like that um, in that evaluation process. Awesome. So a pretty a big overseeing role with a lot of moving parts. I'm no sure doubt. It's, it's super complicated now with the pandemic. Um, yeah. So let's start here. I mean, what brought you to UNC? Obviously, um, you know, Coach Brown's hired in December 2018. What was that process to get you on board and why did you want to come from Auburn to, uh, to UNC? So it's an interesting story, actually. Um, so, you know, I was the director of, as you mentioned, the director of recruiting at Auburn um, and doing, you know, same thing, overseeing, you know, the evaluation process, overseeing on-campus recruiting, those sorts of things. And so actually I got married and I was on my honeymoon. Auburn had played um, in the Music City Bowl. Um, played Purdue and basically right after that that bowl game uh, me and my wife we had gotten married uh, basically a week, a week or two before um, we had driven up to Knoxville where I'm from and we basically called a bunch of people and we planned a wedding in 24 hours we had been engaged for two years and 
the way that this business works is you kind of, you kind of, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that get into, you're involved in a lot of different things. So you get that small window of opportunity. We're sitting like out every after signing day. Say, let's get married in two days. And so that's what we did. We've been engaged for two years. So long story short, I'm on my honeymoon and I got a text saying, Hey, Mac Brown's going to call you. And I looked over and I showed my wife and she's like, do not let that phone leave your side. Uh, because you know, if, if you have Mac Brown attached to the phone call, then you're going to definitely take that. So, um, but he basically landed in Auburn on uh, a Monday. Uh, get back from the honeymoon. I was sitting in my office. Uh, it was around 11, 11.30 on a Tuesday. Uh, I got a call from uh, an Austin, Texas number. So I figured, okay, I can put two and two together. I'm yeah. sure that's him. Um, and then long story short, I went, came up and uh, interviewed the very next day uh, in Chapel Hill from Auburn. Um, and then I was up here full time. I want to say the following Monday. So it's a very, very quick process in football. Uh, but just the opportunity to, to talk to Coach Brown. It's interesting. You talk to him. You know, he is so personable, so charismatic. You feel like you've known him your whole life, and then you get to see him in person. And you're like, holy cow! I can see why he's such a good yeah. recruiter. Um, and then so the opportunity, you know, to kind of to build the recruiting staff uh, from ground zero. That was very, very intriguing to me. Uh, actually being my first time in Chapel Hill, loved the area and then loved Coach Brown and the vision he had for the program. And it's something, an opportunity that I, I just could not turn down. Um, and I always preface that with saying, you know, my time at Auburn was great. The people at Auburn are unbelievable. Uh, it's a great community down there. Uh, but I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to, to be in this, in this process with Coach Brown. Would you say you have more of a, a larger role at UNC than you had at Auburn? Was it a promotion? Yeah, was it a promotion you would you'd say? I would say uh, yes and yes and no. Um, it was definitely, you know, at Auburn, um, I was going to be doing the same thing. It was kind of a, a, a question. Um, they had kind of rearranged some things in the department. So it's definitely going to be the same responsibilities. Um, but there's definitely some things that have kind of added on here because in the recruiting, even no two departments even look alike. You know, it's not like where you yeah. have the coaching staff where you have to have, you know, 10 assistant coaches and a head coach. There is no set structure for what personnel departments look like and on-campus recruiting departments look like. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely – I've definitely kind of been able to expand responsibilities here as well. So that segues nice to my next question. You know, what was, what was Max sell to you in terms of you coming on and kind of leading the recruiting department? And then additionally, like, what is Max's philosophy to recruiting? You know, what, what makes it tick for UNC and, and what's his – what was his vision now, then and, and kind of his vision now as, as, as y'all are kind of rolling here in Chapel Hill? Yeah, I, I saw, you know, the, the staff and, you know, talking to the staff he put together and they're all unbelievable, uh, great people. And, you know, and they care about family and when the work-life balance um, that is non-existent in 99.9% .9 of college football. Um, so the opportunity to work for them, the opportunity to build the staff from scratch, um, we were able to create a couple new positions um, and really add to the staff and then really that opportunity to kind of just how do we do the evaluation process is something in fact that we've even uh, revamped uh, majorly during the quarantine you know you had more more time with the dead period um, and had the ability to really kind of go in and research a lot of different things and so his vision was real simple he basically you know talked about how we are gonna and every head coach says this right in their opening yeah. press conference you know we're gonna we're gonna keep in state um but how he's been able to do that through the relationships that he's had the prior relationships from his first time here um and really that, that north carolina um, is very very underrated a lot of times people are finally starting to catch on but underrated you know with these guys uh, and the amount of talent that's here and so that that's been awesome to see and really keep in state and then work our way out but we're gonna you know focus obviously majorly 
uh, on North Carolina. And since I've been here, that, that, that's true. You know, Coach Brown talked about how we are really going to put an emphasis on not only you know, the kids in the state, but the high school programs and their coaches. And, and that's been great to see those, those relationships continue from his first go around and then continue to develop. Yeah, so, so with that philosophy and what you're all doing with, with attacking recruiting, is it a sense that, you know, no recruit within the footprint is out of reach? I mean, any, any top recruit that would send, would send the kind of Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, get into D.C. area, is, is that the mindset? And we saw that with a recent commitment who, who we expect to enroll at some point. I mean, is that the philosophy? Attack it. And, and now that UNC is targeting that high-level recruiting, that that's the, the approach? Yeah, definitely. The approach is, you know, from the inside out, like exactly what you said, you, you hit the nail on the head is, you know, there are only so many hours in the day, right? And there's so many days in the year. And then on top of that, there's so many evaluations that you can do for the coaches um, when they're out on the road, you know, their time is limited. And so you really have to allocate your time and your resources uh, into those different areas. And, and, and as Coach Brown has said, and, he, and it's definitely been true to that. You know, we talked about visiting every single high school in the state of North Carolina, and I'm sure you've heard that a bunch. Um, we work very, very diligently to make sure that happens. Now, obviously, with with spring quarantine, we were able to do that in the first year, um, you know, here. But with quarantine, obviously, that pushed everything back, losing the spring. But we really want to do what's best for the high school coaches in this state. And, and, and what you said with with focusing our time on that, that's been uh, it's been good. So, what's your day to day with Mac? I mean, how much are you working with him? I imagine it's pretty close. Like, I mean, what's your – All the your, time. All I mean, the time. Okay. I so. would say there, there's me and maybe one or two other people that spend the most time with him, and it's definitely um, – and that's been really fun for me is that he, he loves recruiting because he loves the relationships. Um, that's been something that has been very, very clear from the get-go, um, and that's very exciting for me and what I do, obviously. Um, but just talking about – um, day to day, you know, what we are doing, what we yeah. can be doing. Um, so it, it's really, it's really nonstop and it's a great relationship. I really, you know, appreciate the fact that, you know, he brought me on here. Um, but it, 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 like you said, it's all the time. Is this a deal where he is texting you at all hours of the day and, and calling you occasionally? Is it that kind of, you know, you're his right hand man when it comes to recruiting, I imagine. Yeah. P- people, you know, there's one thing people have talked about, um, you know, well, what about, you know, people have asked me, what about his energy levels? And I said, trust me, <laughs> trust me, that is not an issue. He, he, uh, he, he pushes me every day. You know, we will text um, all the time and whether it be, you know, whatever he sees, um, any ideas we thought, anything about recruiting. I mean, we'll text um, till 11, 1130 each night. I mean, so it, it is, it's awesome to see because it's really, uh, like I said, it, Recruiting is a, a, a 24-7 yeah. operation, uh, but you're right. It, it is all the time, and that makes it a lot of fun. Great. Now, I'll lead in some stuff we talk about later. So, first, I mean, I know I, I was wondering how I was going to approach this, but, I mean, you're recruiting during a pandemic, and now this is not normal, and you've had, you know, 2019-20 class that was not through a pandemic, and, mm-hmm. and now there's this new normal, and we don't know how long it's going to last. What's been the major challenges for you? Because I'm sure you're, you're, you're heading up the operation to figure out how to do visits, how to evaluate and all that stuff. Let's get into that a little bit and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, one thing I've heard, you know, everybody talk about, first of all, the evaluation process is something that I'll start with that one that it completely revamped. Um, there's basically, you know, talking to other schools across the country and talking to, I had a uh, former boss that worked in the NFL and really just trying to take all of those things in the evaluation process and say, well, what works? Right. And, uh, basically recreating how we do our reports 
and all of those things, revamping what language do we use, how do our grading scale, film is all you got right now. And there are some, you know, things that will pop up as far as camps and everything that yeah. you can see, but the film is everything. And so what was been, you know, good for us is we've been able to kind of create a lot of these relationships prior uh, to the pandemic, but you're right. You are only, there's only so many things that you can do. Uh, the NCAA uh, has limited a lot of things and then they kind of came back and walked back and said, well, you can do these, um, you know, whether it be a Zoom call, you know, those rules have changed kind of um, a little bit at the beginning as everybody was figuring out kind of like all of us, what is Zoom? What does that even mean? And then now we're all experts at it. So uh, it's definitely, like you said, that, that's been one of the challenges of, you know, pretty much here's the only thing you can do, but how do you get creative with that? And we've been able to do that. Um, Dr. Kyra Kendrick, our director of on-campus recruiting, has done a great job with a lot of ideas for that. And that's what, and that's one of the keys of recruiting is, um, you know, being able to bounce ideas off of people, take those things, kind of mix and match, see what works. Um, but it's been uh, definitely trying to be creative with a very, very limited deck, so to speak. So what has worked, you know, uh, virtual visits, uh, Zoom calls with, with you, Mac, and an assistant coach, I and mean, what kind of things have you done? Maybe a couple examples that we can kind of build off of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing, you know, is like you said, the virtual visits, and that's something everybody's, everybody's been doing, but, you know, how you go about basically yeah. trying to take what a kid would do on a visit Mm-hmm. Um, and take that and implement it in a Zoom call. So, that, that, you know, that, that, that's one way. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I, I think outside of Coach Brown, you know, you know, compliance check with everything with them just to make sure as the rules change, making sure that we're following everything uh, exactly the way that it's supposed to go. But you're exactly right. Being able to take kids, you know, through our facilities, talk to our coaches, um, meet with our different staff members has been kind of the virtual visits that people have done. Um, and then just making sure, like I said, that everybody's just in constant communication. One thing the NCAA has done is allowed uh, for the 21 prospects unlimited phone calls. Okay. Um, and so that's definitely been, you know, something that I know, you know, wasn't that long ago that they made texts unlimited. Um, and so the ability to take that and then making sure that everybody's coordinated. So those have been, I know those are all basic, but those have been kind of some of the things that uh, during the pandemic that everybody else is doing, but um, we've kind of taken those relationships that we've been building on before the pandemic, continue to develop those, um, through those means. How about this? You know, I know you can't have, you can't host recruits, but what if a, a guy from uh, Charlotte wants to drive up with his mom and just walk around campus? Is, is that something that, I mean, I don't know what you can say about this, but I mean, that, I'm sure that happens. Is that, has that been something you've noticed or what? So the, yeah, uh, you know, the biggest thing is you, you, so to answer your question, you, you cannot direct somebody yeah, yeah. to campus. So that's, uh, been something during the dead period. If somebody comes on their own, um, you know, we cannot have, that's a huge rule, cannot have any, you know, yeah, contact with them, uh, you know, on campus or anything like that. So that's not been something I think, you know, like I said, a lot of our guys, if you look at, you know, a lot of our guys know us. And so I think that's been a big advantage is just because, and that, that's, we talk about, you know, recruiting that, that recruiting uh, footprint, you know, that's important that, that, that recruits can come and see you um, in that radius. And so, you know, on our end, we haven't seen that, but I'm sure at other schools they have. I'm going to take a quick break now and talk about Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are loyal podcast sponsor right on Franklin Street and online at GiantT-Shirt.com. Get all your sweatshirts, your UNC football jerseys, your basketball jerseys, anything you need for tailgating, if there is tailgating. Gifts, great place. Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Inside Carolina premium subscribers get 10% off with the code found on the Tar Pit and UNC basketball message boards. Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com, right on Franklin Street, the best customer service. And it's important to support local businesses, and they are very local. Their warehouse is right in Hillsboro. So Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com, we appreciate their support. 
checks them out, help them out and it helps us out. And remember to rate, review and subscribe to Inside Carolina Podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so here's kind of like we're getting to the meat of the podcast now. What does your day-to-day look like? And I know it changes depending on what season we're in, summer, fall, you know, winter, you know. But, I mean, let's give a, you know, right now, I mean, you're evaluating 2022. You're, I mean, yeah, I guess just give me kind of a glimpse of what a week could look like. That's pretty active when you're interacting with a lot of coaches and recruiting is, is really hot. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. The, the one thing is no day yeah. like, I mean, I, I'm a big checklist guy, so I have my schedule and my to-do. I heard an uh, NFL GM say one time, you know, you got to put three to five things down that you have to do each day. And, and usually I write those things down and I think, oh, this, this is exactly how the day will go and it's never that way. Uh, you know, right now in fall camp, what a lot of people are doing across the country is, you know, as, as workouts start and then as practice starts, you're looking at your own roster, um, you know, the guys that you brought in, you know, what do they look like? How do we, you know, as we evaluated them and they're on campus, where are they progressing is one of the main parts. Um, you know, you've got uh, offer later, offer letters are able to come out soon. Um, on yeah. August 1st, you're able to give out offer letters um, to rising seniors. Um, and then from there, September 1st of uh, what would be the 2022's junior year, uh, you can start communicating with them. So those are kind of from the recruiting side, the two things that every staff across the country is kind of preparing for. Um, and then you're also right, there's also the evaluation side. You're looking at uh, all the classes, um, you know, because of quarantine, they lost a lot more film. Um, and so that's been a big advantage is being able to get, you know, you can watch film through Zoom calls. So we have uh, two guys uh, on my staff that are personnel assistants, uh, Bobby Brown, um, who's been in a couple different places. He was assistant DPP at, uh, at Air Force. I mean, he was at Wake Forest. And then Ryan Smith, who I brought with me from Auburn, um, you know, they'll get with the coaches and kind of get them watch lists and go through, uh, 
the guys, be it in their area, in the recruiting areas, or in their positions. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, what's going on right now is kind of balancing all those things. And then, you know, like you said, in different times of the year, if the coaches are out on the road, typically my day, depending on if the head coach is out on the road or not, uh, it's more kind of managing those and they'll be getting names of guys they've seen that they like. And so we're kind of reporting and getting those lists together, making sure that, um, you know, all the places they go are logged in the system, making sure if they need to, they decide to go to a different school, making sure that we've hit that school, whatever the legal amount of times is in that, uh, in that time period. Okay. Then, uh, you know, if Coach Brown's on the road, it's obviously making sure every bit of his travel because he's going all over the place and it's it's kind of an air traffic control slash logistics. And so a lot of times my, uh, you know, thing is getting up usually, you know, it, it, depending on where he's going, 5.30, 6 a.m., calling everybody and making sure everything's exactly in place because you got to be efficient because you are so limited yeah. in time. So a lot of those days are taking phone calls. My phones are ringing off the hook and, um, you know, a lot of times you have, uh, you know, the NCAA gives us a phone um, and they manage everything. And so uh, that phone is going off nonstop, nonstop during that time. And there'll be times where you're talking to somebody else and you have one or two other calls buzzing through. And so it's, uh, it's chaotic, but it's fun. It's, it's one of those things that uh, you'd be as organized as possible, but it's just, it's more organized chaos than it is anything else. Are, are you, when the, all the coaches are out during those evaluation periods, are you, are you booking the flights and or who's doing that? Are you coordinating this? Are you more the coordinating and then, and then the booking and the hotels and make sure they get the A to B. Is that kind of – you're just kind of overseeing it, or what's your role in that part? So our, our recruiting staff is working on a lot of the actual logistics of yeah. the assistant coaches' hotels and everything. Um, I'll handle uh, Coach Brown's uh, travel. So I'll, I'll, I'll do his travel, but then everybody makes fun of me. I got these 11 by 17 uh, – they call them tabloid sheets. So it's okay. these big, big sheets of paper, and it's basically the master schedule for that week. Um, and so I usually have – you know, on me two weeks at a time so you can flip it over. And so if anybody, any coach's schedules change, they make sure that if, you know, coach is going to to this part of the country and other coaches is going and they need to switch it up, you know, can they both move it to a later time in the week? Can we push it to the next week? And so a lot of that um, is, is, is going on, you know. So you talk about like in the spring, you can visit a school twice. And so you have to be very, very efficient, you know, and in, in when you are uh, visiting those schools. And so that's a lot of my – coordination if one coach is wanting to change it me um it's kind of the air traffic control got to make sure that that, that fits um yeah. with the rest of the schedule and so a lot of it is that big schedule and then tweaking the next week um and then the weeks after so it's kind of you know if we have to adjust anything and then just putting together that plan and then what you typically do is you meet as a staff and kind of make sure that everybody's in agreement uh with the strategy that's been put okay. together because a lot of it, you think about it you know, especially in the winter, 11 coaches are out on the road. And I'm talking to 11 of those, and some are talking to others. Um, and so I basically gather all that, all that information. You know, you put it all together in the schedule, wherever the schedule is at. And then you'll have kind of a couple questions. Then we get back in together. Everybody can talk, talk about times they're going to visit. Um, and then just make sure, like I said, that, that, that wires aren't crossed, that you're not, um, you know, visiting a school. And that, that's a big thing is it's a lot of it is that is making sure there's not a, what would be an accidental violation. Yeah. Um, if the coach is visiting a school and then coming back and um, that's a big part of what I do during that time of year. Man, you have to be so organized. Like that must be, I mean, that's like probably the number one thing with your whole job organization. It, yes. It's organization in, in it's organization, communication, and then yep. timeliness. Yeah. Uh, the communication part, you know, I over communicate, there's probably a hand, there's probably multiple handouts that I have every day in staff and they talk about how many trees that I kill, but it's one of those things that I feel like I would rather, you know, over communicate on something. Um, you know, we have a group text with the coaches, we have handouts and, 
but that is a huge, huge component of all of this. You want to make sure that everybody is on the same page. And if anything changes, it's my job to make sure everybody knows that. And then the timeliness part, because, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, with, with compliance, you log everything. And so making sure that's logged in a timely manner and that that for, and then as soon as that gets in the system, then we kind of cross check everything. We have meetings typically at the end of each day in winter. So I'll meet with my guys that are in kind of the direct contacts with a lot of the coaches. And so we'll all get in a room as a recruiting staff and talk through, you know, what are the things that, you know, what are the things we need to change? Who went where each day? Did we have to mm -hmm. skip the school for whatever reason this day? Um, and just making sure that we're all on the same page. And so that's definitely a, a big part. And that's one of the things as a recruiting staff, we have to meet, uh, you know, at the very least daily in that time of year. But a lot of times you're meeting in the morning and you're just constant communication with each other because like I say, it, it's mass chaos. So let's get into evaluation and offers. Can you start from when they, when you first see a player, whether they're a freshman, you know, whether they're a sophomore and, and how your staff and the coaching staff evaluates that player, how they get an offer, who, I mean, I know you have the, you know, the position coach, the, the area recruiter, Mac Brown, you, everybody has to kind of see the tape, how that process happens. And then we'll get into how, you know, offers and go from there. Yeah, so everybody's going to see the tape. Uh, it, it's really important. You know, we will eventually watch it as a staff, but, you know, uh, my recruiting staff, we also have uh, – we're fortunate enough to have Daryl Moody, who's an NFL mm -hmm. scout for several, several years. He's a senior advisor to head coach. Well, Sparky Woods, um, senior advisor to head coach. Um, both those guys have great experience. So they'll, they'll watch the tape as well, um, along with me, with my recruiting staff, the area coach, the position coach, the coordinators, and, and then the head coach. So – you know, all those work down and, and, and we take our offers very, very seriously. Um, you know, those are one of the things I know every, every not hand offers, um, that's, that's not our deal. Um, but you're going to see, like I said, you're going to have six set of eyes. And then what we'll do a lot of times as we kind of, as the board gets developed, um, then we'll we watch it as an entire staff. So that would be, you know, all 11 coaches plus, you know, support staff. Um, we'll go and watch that together and kind of what the, a lot of times they talk about restacking the boards, you know, you're ranking guys based on, um, you know, where they fit on the board and then rearranging that. So that, that's a big part of the process too. But um, something that we've really emphasized here is, is mo multiple people seeing it. Cause think about the evaluation process in the NFL. Nobody's a hundred percent in the NFL, right? Yeah. And they have staffs that, you know, scouting staffs that are dedicated to that 24 seven. Uh, and so, you know, I think the, the most important thing that you have in the evaluation process, you have a system, everybody's speaking the same language about how you're grading those guys. Um, and then you have multiple opinions on it and you got to give your opinion. And I think when you can do that, you can come together at least to a general consensus. Not everybody may agree. Um, and that's with, with any staff, but, um, like I said, there's strength in numbers in regards to the evaluation process. Does the, uh, area recruiter usually offer or is the position coach or is that just vary depending on kind of the situation or is Mac it, Brown it, offer? I mean, how's that? It, it, it varies on the situation. You're exactly yeah. right. Okay. I mean, sometimes, you know, the area coach, um, a lot of those are the guys. And, and the reason that all, all schools do area coaches is because those are the schools that you're in year in, year out. Um, and you can develop those relationships, you know, be it with the high school coach or the guidance counselors, yep. but um, you know, it, it, it varies, you know, situation to situation. Okay, cool. So, when um so you're saying restacking the deck i mean is that just you're prioritizing you know maybe a recruit that you you know you had a big growth spurt or someone that's changed and you're kind of organizing that um i mean how does that work let's get into the recruiting board then now that you have your offers you evaluate a lot of players i mean putting together a recruiting board can you kind of i mean that's something i don't really know as much i think our listeners would appreciate some insight on that 
Yeah, so the recruiting board, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of talks on this, but you know, it's not necessarily a draft board. Like, sure, you're going to rank guys, but think of it as a ranking. So if you're looking at name whatever position, and then under that position, you're going to have your guys kind of in order of who you like, you know, from best to least. Um, and that's definitely within any personnel department. That is the most secretive bit of information. Um, that is, don't leave that paper out. That gets shredded. Um, that's a very, very secretive, you know, uh, piece of information. You know, so it's not, you know, so it is a draft board, but it's also categorized. Is, is that because you don't want other, you don't want any other staffs to know who you're prioritizing and targeting the most? Is that, is right. that kind of why it's a secret? Right, right, exactly. And so, okay. you know, in the way that, the way that it's done, like you said, you know, in, in college, it's much more of a categorization. You know, like you said, who are those offer guys? Who are those guys that you need to see, uh, you know, out on the road? Because film can only show you so much, right? Uh, you know, on film, I may look like, just an absolute animal. And then you see me in person um, and you're like, man, Billy's five foot nine, 170 pounds. So yeah. um, I think that the, the, the film can, can take you so far. Um, there's a lot of recruiting services out there that provide camp information. And so it's really a compiling. Um, if you think about a lot of the recruiting process, there is so much data out there. It's about taking all that and putting it in one track, you know, nice format. So that's part of the evaluation process. And that goes into the board um, and a lot of times on the board, you sit there and you say, okay, here's where this person is on the board. They may not be ranked as high. You may say, we love their film. And then you see them in person, like, oh my goodness. And then, then they move up the board. Um, and so a lot of that is basically just trying to take the chaos of all the data and information and evaluations that are out there and basically put it into one final nice and neat uh, product. Awesome. Yeah. So when you're building a class and you know that starts you know it starts a couple of years before they sign and it maybe you know, it gets more serious about you know a month a year and a half before everything is put in place the priorities i mean obviously there's positions you prioritize more than other positions because there's only so many quarterbacks that can get the job done at the college level there's only so many people who are six six and can run a a, a four eight forty and, and and be 280 pounds how, how does that go into building a class pretty broad question but i mean when you're thinking about building a class Let's get into kind of like not only just positional needs and what you need to fill, but, but how you prioritize certain positions versus maybe wide receivers where there's a bunch of people that, can, that, are, that are six foot one and 180. I mean, can, can you kind of get into that and, and go from there? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so you're broad. Looking at it. <laughs> no, no, it's all, all good. Well, you know, and it's one of those things that's, that's constantly changed. So you're constantly looking at, you know, who's graduating first of all that's the easiest place to start right yeah who's graduating and then how many numbers and what everybody does you know you're given 85 scholarships right so it's a matter of taking those 85 scholarships and how do we allocate those 85 scholarships depending on what you do both offensively and defensively right yeah and that's going to look generally the same but slightly different from school to school like i said based on what your scheme is more wide um, receivers in the air raid than maybe a, uh, a pro offense, for example. Correct. That, that, right. Correct. So you're going to look at that and, and, and how you balance that and then look at, you know, we may be over less than one year, um, you know, who's graduating. Um, and then, you know, we, we kind of start from there. And so that, that's how you look at and generally the numbers um, on there. And, you know, obviously there's, there's, you know, who's clarifying a draft, there's other, there's a multitude of other factors you try to kind of build into it. And, you know, with recruits, that's what we always communicate. You know, we're not going to, you know, get a guy and then, and then drop them, so to speak, as people say, you know, yeah. that's something that we, we, Coach Brown puts that in top priority is that we're going to communicate and be honest. It's, it's a whole lot easier to be honest in recruiting 
um, you know, than opposed to trying to kind of tell in this, these gray areas. But that, that's where you start in the, in the evaluation process and, and how you kind of build that class. And then to answer your question about how you prioritize, you know, if you look at the NFL, they prioritize certain positions. But really for us, um, and this is going to sound strange, but you really, and this is not just a generic, generic answer, you prioritize everything. Now, recruiting cycles are different sometimes for different uh, positions, you know, for whatever reason, some positions will commit earlier, or make decisions earlier. But really, as far as priority, um, you know, if really what it comes into, I guess, with priority is you're going to look at what your roster is from a build standpoint. So if maybe if you're uh, small or slow or whatever in position, you're really going to you're really going to prioritize those things. And not that you already aren't, but you may be more picky, right? Because typically in the evaluation process, it's always that balancing scale, right? So if you've got the size, you know what is that skill that goes with it, right? So, you know, a, a taller guy is not going to run a faster, you know, typically a faster 40 than a shorter guy. And, you know, what you were describing earlier is that, you know, and, and that's where you get the five stars, the guys that have all the measurables and they have all the athletic ability that go with it. And so that's kind of how you may look at it. You may be, I don't want to say pick here because we're always going to be picky. Um, but those are the things that you're constantly comparing and then looking at, say you've got a certain position that you really, really like, you like this guy, whatever, and you say, well, does this fit in the room that we need, or do we already have a lot of guys like that? And so I think that's also, if you're teetering between two, um, that can also factor into the decision process as well. Yeah, so my thing has always been oversign on defensive line, offensive line. Did you subscribe uh, to that mentality? Or I always think, like, God, those guys – they always get injured. You know, sometimes, I don't know, UNC's had bad luck with defensive linemen qualifying, for example, and there's just not that many. So it's over-signing because you – I don't know. What do you think about that? So I think, you know, one – I think to answer your question, yes, you can never have enough of those two positions. You know, we are, we are not going to over-sign uh, to answer your question, but those are positions, like you said, that if, if you could sign as many, you would definitely want to because it's definitely – you know, definitely one of those things that we, you, you could never have enough of. So there, there's that aspect too. And then as you know, one thing that, you know, Coach Brown has really emphasized too, is that, you know, we're always, you know, for us going to be constantly looking at academics as well. You know, that's something that we are constantly monitoring, yeah. basically the beginning uh, of the recruiting process, uh, depending on how early it is. Um, we're going to monitor, you know, from one semester to the next, you know, Joe Hayden, our director of football operations does a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, monitoring those grades and doing the academic write-ups. That's another thing, uh, you know, that you're constantly looking at is where does that GPA go? Because there's for people that don't know, you basically take a lot of the, the, the classes and you have what's called a core GPA, right? So it's this, the, the, the class that NCAA recognizes as being able to qualify. Um, and so it's a constant looking at that and making sure enough. So that's definitely something we talk about qualification that we've taken very, very seriously. Um, and, and we monitor from day, from day one. So there's really no surprises for us. Okay, great. I'm going to get into a, maybe a couple questions that you, you can d answer how you want to answer here. But you said um, you have to make room for players. Sometimes maybe you, you're like, man, we have this chance to get this other four-star, this other five-star. He's a luxury take. We don't, we don't really need that position, but we just need this player because he's in the lead. How do you make space? And I know when, when Mac Brown came, a lot of people ended up transferring and, and were kind of, I don't know, I don't pushed out or whatever. How does that work? I mean, how do you approach that with players? Because it's a dicey situation. These guys came to Carolina and they got a scholarship and all of a sudden there's not really room for them at, at UNC for what this staff is trying to do. Well, so that, that is something that is from staff to staff is, 
you know, everybody approaches that differently. Some, some places are extremely cutthroat. The one thing, and I, I can tell you this because I sit in all those staff meetings talk about this all the time. Um, we are, we are not never going to force a kid out and do anything like that and be that kind of cutthroat mentality. Um, that's not what coach Brown's about. We're always going to put the kid first. And that sounds like just some recruiting thing to say, but I can tell you just from, from being here, from hearing behind the scenes is we are all ultimately or not ultimately, we're always going to take care of the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that you really, you know, you can't, like I said, you can't create roster room, um, in that regard. Now, like I said, it's one of those things that the, the tricky part about it is like you're at that 85 limit and all of a sudden, if, you know, the transfer portal, as you see, is always something crazy. If all of a sudden somebody decides to enter the transfer portal, well, then you got to have a plan for that. Um, and so that's one of those things that you'll, I mean, you'll see. And that's the reason that some schools a lot of times will sign smaller classes because they just don't have room. Um, so I'm not sure that really answers your question. Uh, but one thing, like I said, that our, 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 our utmost priority is always, always, always going to be take care of our own. Um, and never do something, like I said, to hurt them. And like I said, yeah. that's another recruiting pitch, but that's, you know, you, you, it's one of those things you prepare if somebody's going to, going to transfer, like you said, but until then there is no way to create room. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I've heard about it, like, you know, Max and help them out to find a place. If, if I mean, you go to a kid and like, Hey, you're probably not going to play. If you want to play, you can go to, we'll help you find a good place, good situation. And it's it maybe a better opportunity for you. I guess that's the way that you ease around that and it, it kind of a win-win for everybody. Cause I know you, you, you answer it correctly in saying that Max and very good, it seems in, in working through that process where you have not received a bad reputation doing that. But it's, I mean, I think it's just a necessary evil of, of building classes. Um, you don't have to add to that if you don't want to. Okay. So, so we've noticed that coach Brown and staff likes to get the classes done early, lock it in by the summer, kind of get almost the whole class, get into that 1920 number by the summer. Is that a very intentional and what's Coach Brown's approach with that and your approach with kind of not having to wait until October, November, December to, to know what you're going to have come signing day in December? Well, that goes back, Ross, to that, you know, the kind of the question that, that me and you talked about earlier is, you know, we are very, very serious um, when we offer somebody, you know. And so I think that's a lot of times at, uh, at other places you, offers you struggle with, you know, what's a, you know, they call it the committable offer, so to speak. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, you know, definitely something I think that, us being intentional in that. Um, and then what happens is, you know, like I said, when you, when you have your footprint, um, then guys are very, very comfortable. And that's been something that we feel like, you know, we have a great product to sell. That's been something that, uh, you know, really here in, in the first really year, I know we've been here all year and a half, um, that we've been able to able to get done uh, is just get them on here, develop those relationships. And then after the, the, our prospects has taken visits to been, um, you know, comfortable making that decision. And like you said, it's, it's, it's been early, but I think it's that level of comfort um, yeah. that on both sides relationships. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Is there, uh, I mean, I know there's pushes to get people to commit. I mean, is that, that's a reality, right? I mean, is there times when you're like, all right, I mean, this spot is not going to be here forever. Is that something you, you all, you all deal with a lot? Well, I think you, you can communicate, you know, because you just said spots are limited. Um, I think, you know, we talk about being up front. Um, there's definitely, yeah. you know, a, a talk of, hey, you know, there, there are limited spaces and, you know, we really like you. And, um, but, um, you know, like you said, that it, it all comes down to that relationships and, and that, that comfort level. Um, and, you know, coaches is, is, like I said, unbelievable. And I think people see that genuineness. You know, a lot of times, and this is a weird analogy, you think about recruiting, 
Um, is like if, you, if you're in a relationship, the more time um, that you're around someone, the more you see who they really are, right? And, and, this, is, and this is the exact same thing in recruiting is, we, you know, we've got nothing to fake, right? You, 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 the way you see us now is the way you'll see us, you know, if, if you sign in, in, in two, three years from now. And um, I think that that extra level of comfort uh, has been extremely important. Okay, so with the, with visits and official visits and stuff, um, when you have a player committed, and let's say this is non-pandemic, this is 2019, 2020, maybe 2022, can a player who's committed visit elsewhere? How do you all approach that? I know Clemson does not allow players to take official visits or even visits, I think, to other schools if you're committed. because That's not really a commitment. How do you all mm-hmm. approach that? And, and when you have a guy that you really like that is pledged to UNC, has not signed, but wants to take a visit to, say, Georgia, or Virginia Tech or something like that. How, how, does, how does Coach Brown and the staff uh, approach that? It's just kind of a, a, a case by case. I mean, we, you know, we're going to – we want the kid to do what's best. And it really comes back to Ross, and I, I didn't completely answer your last question that I meant to say, um, was that we want people that want to be here. You yeah. talk about pressuring yeah. kids. Uh, a lot of times in recruiting, people like that tactic because maybe, you know, you get the kid, but – if, if you're pressuring someone, same thing as it goes back to relationships. I think a lot of times recruiting relationships and that gets used such a cliche, but if you, you know, pressure someone or force them into something, that's not going to work. It's not going to last. Yeah. Right. And we feel like that, especially, you know, with the transfer portal now, um, if, if somebody was forced uh, into it and they really didn't like us to begin with, then we don't want them to commit to us. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it's one of those things that we, we want this to be in, in the recruiting process. Obviously, we're recruiting you. We want you. But at the same time, if it's, if it's something that's not going to be best for you, then, um, you know, then, it's something, then that's okay and we'll move on. Um, and so I think it's the same thing. We want what's, what's, what's going to be best for the kid. If the fact they need to take the official visits, then, you know, we'll, 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 we'll talk with the families and, and, and come to a conclusion that's best for everybody. Okay. Good, good answer, Billy. Um, <laughs> all right. How much, I mean, I, how close are you with the, working with the assistant coaches? I mean, obviously tons, but I mean, you said you were with Mac, it sounds like all day and, and all night on, via, via phone. I mean, what's your, um, your relationship with, with the assistant coaches? Cause that's, I mean, those are the guys that are out there doing the, the real labor in terms of, of recruiting. Yeah. So the, the same thing, you know, I'm with them all the time. You know, I can't say if all 11 are on the road, you know, I can't be, I've got the, you know, our support staff, uh, contacts with them. Uh, but I mean, it's same thing as Coach Brown. I run them all the time. The way our offices are set up is Coach Brown's at one end of the hallway, and I'm basically at the other. So I have to walk past all the other coaches to get to his office. Yeah. Um, and every, you know, it, it, every coach in America, every staff ever work for you, walk by a coach and they'll yell at you, and then you go and you kind of talk through some things. And, you know, I've got my checklist, and I think sometimes they, they try to hide from me because I'll say, hey, what about this, this, and this, and this? Um, but no, we have a great staff. Uh, they're really, really easygoing. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, they definitely have to have a close relationship with them because recruiting, um, you know, you change so much and you're texting with them. Something may come up at 8 o'clock at night. you got to address with them. And so it's definitely that. Um, but, you know, allocation of time, you're exactly right. Most of my time is spent with Coach Brown. Uh, but definitely the, 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 uh, the coach, the assistant coaches as well. Cool. And we're getting near the end here. Um, a couple more questions. What does your recruiting staff look like? I know you've, you've gotten into it a little bit, but could you kind of break down the hierarchical layout of, of the guys below you or people that work alongside you to get things yeah, done? So, yeah, so we've got uh, a couple, um, you know, in our, in our personnel apartment, we've got, like I said, Bobby Brown is the uh, personnel analyst for the defense. We've got, got Ryan it. Smith who's a personnel analyst for the offense. 
Uh, Jeremy Shapiro is a personal personnel assistant. Um, he was here when I got here. Uh, we got Mike Jones, who works kind of in graphics, does a lot of recruiting operations as well. Um, and then on the recruiting operations side or on-campus recruiting, whatever you want to call it, uh, we've got, as I mentioned earlier, Kyra Kendrick, and then we just hired uh, Destiny Everett, who's our assistant director of on-campus recruiting. Um, and so those are kind of the you know people with every day. We also just hired director of high school relations and former uh, UNC Tar Heel Kevin Donnelly. Um, and so he's also a part um, in working with the, the high school coaches, obviously directly. And then with any staff, when you ever have your recruiting event, it's all hands on deck um, with that. But that's kind of the general layout of the staff. But I think just for the people listening, usually the, the way it's really broken up really is just the personnel department. And just think about that as player evaluations, be it current roster, be it transfers, be it recruiting, um, or I should say high scores and then recruiting operations, which essentially when you say, you know, the marketing, the, the mailers, and then what do recruits do when they get on campus? That's kind of the recruiting operations or on-campus recruiting piece um, that typically go into a recruiting department. And your wife is doing graphics, right, for, for UNC, or does she just some aspects of, of recruiting? Yes, yep, she does graphics. So she was she was at Auburn uh, before I was. She was the uh, uh, creative and branding director for Auburn's athletic department. Okay. Um, and so we're both originally from Knoxville, but she worked at Auburn uh, before I did. But she was over the entire athletic department, and we're fortunate enough to have her doing uh, football only for us. Um, and so obviously if I need a graphic, I just kind of, I'll get a text and I'll lean over on the couch and she'll give me that look <laughs> and then we'll go from there. So, uh, but it's, uh, it, it, and that, that's been a lot of fun too, cause we're both in the same industry, uh, working and, and she's very, very competitive, um, uh, starting recruiting. She's like, yeah, I'll show you and then we got a bunch of graphics. So it's been a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So what do recruiting, uh, the daily meetings look like? How often do you, Obviously, you're meeting with your staff, like the mm -hmm. recruiting only people, mm -hmm. I would imagine, close to daily. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this thing about this during not during a pandemic. And then how often are you meeting with the whole staff to discuss recruiting strategies like during a game week, you know, or doing like kind of a peak recruiting time when you're all on campus? Well, we, we, we probably go over the board every single day. Okay, um, with the staff. How we, how we, yeah, and so talking about, you know, where everybody's at and – um, you know, a big part of that is, is, is managing the communication aspect of it. Who's communicating with, with who, how often, uh, all those sorts of things. And my recruiting staff, we meet every single day because things change. So you think about in a normal scenario. So you've got prospect A uh, coming to campus. Um, and, you know, that may change. And who's coming with that prospect? What time are they getting here? And so it's real, real important even in the days leading up to it that my staff meets every single day and we talk about updates because right, if it may be, you know, I talked to an assistant coach and then Kyra talked to a, that assistant coach later on in the day, making sure that we're on the same page. You know, did it change from what I heard to when, you know, what they heard because it is so chaotic. You think about coaches, you know, coaches have a hard job, right? They're, they're obviously in charge of their current roster players and, and, you know, coaching them up. And then when you get off the practice field, you know, watching film, but then you've got recruiting film, you've got recruiting communication. And so uh, just making sure that we can help them be as organized as possible uh, is extremely important. So my staff will meet every single day. Uh, and I think, you know, non-quarantine times is, is easy to talk about. But we have everybody in, you know, my office, you know, going through and we'll have a checklist of what we need to accomplish that day. And then basically just open it up if there's anything that's, that's come across that the group needs to know about, doesn't know about. Um, and then typically what you're doing when coaches are out in the road, you try to find a time either, you know, in person 
uh, be it, you know, once a week at least. Um, and typically what we'll do is we'll meet on the weekends. So get everybody off the road. We'll meet throughout, you know, on the weekends, maybe get a, a, an initial plan together um, and then tweak it because maybe you found out something differently on the road that makes you want to change your strategy for the following week. And so a lot of that is kind of what I mentioned earlier when you're talking to 11 different coaches mm-hmm. and you know the plan, but making sure that, yeah. that they know the plan as well and that's communicated of who's going to win. So um, it really has to be a daily process, but as far as actual meetings, you know, in season, we're meeting every single day, um, both as a recruiting staff and as a full staff. So in those recruiting meetings with the staff, with the assistant coaches, the coordinators, Mac Brown, um, what's that kind of look like briefly? I mean, like, is Mac leading? Are you leading it? Who talks? Is it 30 minutes long? Like, what, Can you kind of give us a glimpse into that room? Yeah, yeah. Coach is definitely hands-on, so coach a lot of times, you know, um, is leading it and it depends what we're talking about. So there'll be a, maybe a certain aspect of the recruiting meeting that I'll go over. Okay. Um, if we're talking about a recruiting event, uh, Kyra is going to be going over that and talking about who's doing what, where, and when. Um, and then I, and so it's really kind of a, a group effort. Um, but definitely Coach Brown um, takes a very, very personal approach, which is awesome um, in that. And so a lot of times it's him kind of reviewing the board and uh, where it's everybody's at and then just making sure that we're all on the same page that, you know, and that's what the, when we talk about, you know, what I have to be able to do in my job and what anybody in recruiting has to be able to do is communicate because it changes by the minute. Um, and so just making sure that we're all speaking the same language that we all know what everybody else knows. I'm sure it's the meeting, the topics change every day, but could it be, it's something like we got to go after this recruit like this week, like this is the time, like every coach text this guy. I mean, is that kind of, stuff that's talked about in that meeting, like this, like four coaches going to call him this time, four coaches call him this time. And we're going to be DMing him, you know, what one time, what was that kind of stuff we're looking at here? Yeah. Independent. Yeah. Depending what it is, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, did somebody decide to they're you know, they're going to make a decision on this day, you know, yeah. what, and, and, and all those things are discussed. And then, you know, that's kind of during the season. And then a lot of times in the spring you're discussing, because really the spring you think about, it seems like at the time you're an eternity away from signing day. So spring conversations are much more where we're going and then things that you found out from the road. And so we're constantly, I think, I mean, you have, you know, hundreds of kids that you find on the road and talking through high school coaches and what they saw. And you maybe, you know, you went to a practice and all of a sudden the coach like, wait, who's this guy? Um, you know, and so it's a lot of compiling those lists and really kind of uh, gathering. This is what we saw this is what we thought. Or maybe we had a question on a kid that we got answered by seeing them. And so it's not only uh, it's not only adding names to your watch list, but basically confirming or denying kids that were already on a watch list and, and trying to be able to figure out exactly, you know, what those answers to those questions were. Yeah, you get a good glimpse here of the 24-7, 365 of it because, like, in the spring, you're giving offers to 22 players and even evaluating 23, I imagine, and getting ready for, for what's happening there while you continue to lock down the current class. Some are the same thing. Usually you have camps. You're working with camps and trying to lock down the current class. Then fall is more of that. You have visits. You're trying to get younger kids in. So you know, it's just an unbelievable process. So it's interesting to take a glimpse into it. All right, last question here, Billy. We really appreciate your time. I know you have obviously have a very busy day and a busy yeah. – job so we appreciate taking about 45 minutes an hour here looking back at 2019 2020 classes do you have any good stories for us and these guys are signed these guys are enrolled maybe from the 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 first two classes of of coach brown that stand out about recruiting anything crazy happened that you weren't you know maybe a recruit that you thought you were gonna get you didn't 
or a recruit that you didn't think you're gonna get and you did or something that happened that, that you think would be entertaining for our listeners or any tidbit or anything that you think would uh that we wouldn't know about you know the one thing I, I will say and I think has is, is been has been great is and this is gonna sound this is gonna be a cliche answer you're probably gonna hate this answer <laughs> so uh but the the class that we signed this last year um the thing I've been amazed with is just how down to earth um, the prospects that we brought in are, um, you know, you, you talk about, for example, um, you know, Des Evans, uh, you know, who's highly, highly, highly recruited, um, and this, how he carries himself every single day. I mean, he, he, he does not act like a kid who, um, has been highly, highly recruited. I mean, he just down to earth, um, and easy to talk to easy going, you know, I think about him and really how that is a reflection of the general class um, in that these kids uh, are very focused on what they want. They're very, very mature for their age. Um, a lot of times it's easy to forget, you know, when you go from high school to college, you know, something doesn't snap in your brain. You're still <laughs> that same person. And when you get on college campus, a lot of things to learn. Uh, and so I think just kind of the general character of our class. And that sounds like I said, I would be rolling my eyes for you. That's so cliche, but that's uh, something that I've been very, very excited about. And I'm trying to think through the rest of the class. I'm looking um, for a crazy story. How about, how about this? How about yeah. Clyde Pender's recruitment? Yeah. I mean, it, that was something that, you know, there, there was a lot of talk uh, there on signing day, but it goes back to relationships because, you know, you in recruiting as a prospect, you are told so many things, right? I mean, you're told anything from, uh, you know, you're going to be drafting the first round. You're going to start day one. And so it really comes down to as, as you've, as you've built those, those relationships and when those, you know, crises do hit, if you want to call, if you want to call it that, yeah. um, that you can sit and you can talk to the, you know, the prospect and, and they, you know, will listen to you and trust you. Um, you're definitely right. That, that was one, um, there was a lot of hype on that day. I mean, it's well known. That was the, uh, the last one we announced that day, but it was, you know, one of those things in recruiting, it is a, it is a, a, a sprint marathon. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's both. When, uh, when he, I think when you all officially got the facts and I just remember a Tim Brewster text saying it's going to be a Tar Heel party with the <laughs> sunglass emoji. Uh, no, we no longer get to enjoy the, the glory of, of coach Brewster's, uh, tweets, which were always entertaining to me. I'm sure, I'm sure you had an interesting time working with Coach Brewster. Yeah, okay. Coach Brewster's great. You know, yeah. we, uh, we wish him the best. It was a lot of fun while, while he was here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the one thing I will say, Ross, you know, if, if there is not uh, drama on signing day, then you're recruiting the wrong people, right? If other you know, people want, you know, our prospects, that's a good sign. It means that we're, uh, we're hopefully on the right ones. So, uh, but, yeah, you know, signing day, up until then it was boring. I was like, this, there's something wrong. You know, I think it was <laughs> – yeah. I think we had pretty much everybody in, I want to say the first like 30 minutes. And I was like, I, this is not, I don't know what to do with the rest of the day. Normally, you know, there's a problem with, you know, whatever the text wasn't sent right. Or the, you know, what, what used to be fax machines, you know, that wasn't coming through. And uh, it was a very boring signing day until it wasn't. <laughs> so, well, I mean, as you know, our message boards, when something like that happens, when we're waiting for a commitment, you know, the guys come in is delayed or something's happening with the feed where you're waiting for a signature for a top recruit, you watch those Google Analytics, and the traffic keeps rolling into our site. So all the drama you bring, uh, it may not be pleasant for UNC fans, but for those in the recruiting business, 
uh we 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 appreciate the traffic uh for ratings right (laughs) yeah that's right that's right drama's good for ratings and hey when you're recruiting four and five stars in general uh business is booming for for both parties uh billy really appreciate your time this is awesome i mean i feel like i could talk to you forever about this kind of stuff and we'd love to have you back on at some point hopefully everybody got a good glimpse of this and got to know billy and what he does and got to know um a glimpse into unc's football recruiting which is rolling right now they increasingly getting better with each class and, and 2021 is, is turning out to be very special. So Billy, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Appreciate you guys listening to the inside Carolina podcast. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. brought to you by Johnny t-shirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.